Welcome to Ufahamu Africa, a podcast about life and politics on the African continent. I'm Kim Dion, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Beatty-Riedel. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to congratulate Rachel on her new position at Cornell University. Rachel will be the John S. Knight Director of the Mario Ainati Center for International Studies and a Professor of Government. Congratulations, Rachel. It's so inspiring to watch your hard work be recognized. Thank you so much, Kim. I am truly so excited for this next chapter and the important themes and the research that we'll be able to promote and catalyze in partnerships with amazing colleagues around the world. And I'm really looking forward to building on all the strengths of the incredible faculty and the programs that are there and forging the path ahead. So thanks very much for that. And along with the excitement, I think we have a special episode this week, right, Kim? Yes. So marking the beginning of summer in the Northern Hemisphere, we wanted to take this episode and briefly reflect as we finish our first academic year as co-hosts. We thought we could use this week's episode to talk about future episodes that we want to have after we come back from our brief summer break. What ideas, issues, and events have we been talking about this year that we think would make a great episode or series of episodes in the next season of Ufahamu Africa? Well, can we have a really great lineup of guests and topics coming up in the next season that I'm really enthused about? And one that I'm really excited about is a, an interview with Richard Benigas, who's a professor at Sciences Po in Paris. And he and a number of collaborators have a really incredible project on an issue of the technology and the biometrics surrounding identity cards. And as we know, the politicization of identity cards and who is allowed to have identity cards through what process are ways in which states and citizens struggle or compete over who is included and excluded in the nation. And so it's a really interesting set of conversations around how the technological components of that and the international securitization agenda intersects with domestic elites and their strategies and and actions in terms of competing for political power and bottom-up demands for inclusion or exclusion of others. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then the second one that I can't wait for, um, for our guests to listen to, is a number of the Young African Leaders Fellows who are currently at Northwestern University on a summer program that allows kind of tech entrepreneurs, innovators, business startup leaders across the continent to come together to network, to to learn from each other, to think about the next stages of their product models. And there are such interesting topics that they are all catalyzing and working on across their own domains and industries. So I can't wait for our listeners to be able to have a chance to be inspired by the work that they're doing, the social impact that they're striving to have, and also to think about how they're facing the barriers and the obstacles within their own domestic markets, and then thinking about how those play out cross-regionally and what kinds of strategies they have for that intersection. Right. And the Women's World Cup is going on right now, and there are two African teams in the round of 16. Nigeria, who is currently playing Germany today, and Cameroon, who will play England tomorrow. FIFA's corporate sponsor, Hyundai, has pronounced the goal of the tournament was that scored by Cameroonian striker Ajara Nchote against New Zealand this week. In a post-game interview, a reporter asked Nchote what was the key to the game, and she responded, 
quote, playing for the Cameroonian people because we want peace in Cameroon, end quote. And I want to thank, uh, shout out to Siddhartha Mitter for sharing that interview and translation on Twitter. Now, we have an episode in the archive on football and politics with Peter Olegi, the host of the podcast Africa Past and Present, and a professor of history at Michigan State University. I think it would be great in a future episode to talk to Martha Saavedra at UC Berkeley, who studies gender, development, and sport, and also is writing on African athletic migration. Now, in a few news wraps this year, we've talked about the protests and political instability in Cameroon that the Cameroonian footballer was referencing in her interview at the Women's World Cup. And we've even discussed some of the research and writing by political scientist Natalie Letza. But we hope next season to feature Natalie and some of our other colleagues who study Cameroonian politics so that we and our listeners could learn more as that situation continues to unfold and all of its twists and turns. And we want to continue to increase our coverage of Francophone Africa and perhaps feature more panel conversations like our episode on the Senegal elections with Antosane and Dango Sambasila, which I think was a really great way to get both of their perspectives on the campaign and the elections and what it meant for the Senegalese public. And I think it's been great that we featured so many episodes on elections this year, not just in the episodes themselves, but also in the news wraps. And I'm grateful that you're joining the show has expanded our content to reflect more of Francophone Africa. And I hope that next season we'll have more about Lusophone Africa. Now, putting both of these wishes together, I really hope we'll have a chance to feature a panel conversation on the Mozambican elections this year, similar to the episode we had on Senegal. Just talking about Lusophone Africa, I just finished... Peter Mendy's new book, Amilcar Cabral, A Nationalist and Pan-Africanist Revolutionary, and I found it so inspiring. It covers the life and legacy of the anti-colonial revolutionary, and I've learned so much from this little book. And I can't wait to read more about Cabral and the fight to end Portuguese rule in Africa. Peter Mendy has agreed to be a guest on our show in the coming year, and I look forward to sharing his insights with Ufahamu Africa listeners. That's great news. And Kim, as you tweeted earlier this week, one of our most popular episodes on this academic year included my interview with Khalid Madani on the Sudanese uprising. And the protest is really calling for real democracy in Sudan, and that continues. And we've been really impressed with how these protesters have sustained their movement and their commitment all these many months in the face of repression and and government reprisals. And we have an episode on protests from when you entered Lisa Mueller, and there's an, an episode in season one with Zachariah Mampili. But that episode with Zach is not on his book about protests in Africa, but about decolonizing African studies. So I'd love to have an episode with them, and ideally with Stanford anthropologist Nisar and Alamin, to talk about how contemporary protesters, including those in Sudan, but also protesters in Algeria and elsewhere, are sustaining movements for months, especially when faced with state violence and repression. Right. And also on my wish list are interviews with other authors I've been reading this summer. So South African analyst and writer Sisonke M. C. Mong's first book we featured in our bonus content last week, right? It's a memoir capturing both her and South Africa coming of age. She has a new book that's not yet out in the U.S., but it is available in South Africa titled The Resurrection of Winnie Mandela. And I'd love to have her as a guest on the show. I've also been reading Nanjala Nyabala's book, Digital Democracy, Analog Politics. And once we can get our schedules worked out, We'll be able to feature her analysis on the internet's influence in politics and society in Kenya and beyond. Yes, totally. And after hearing the bonus content on Aisha Osori's book, Love Does Not Win Elections, I would really like to have her join us at Ufahamu Africa. Yes, I remember in our episode on the Nigerian elections with Matthew Page, he actually recommended her book too. 
So the last wishlist episode that I'll mention is I'd really love to invite a demographer to the show. So someone who studies and understands population and population growth. This week, the Pew Research Center released a report on world population projections and analysts found that Africa is the only world region projected to have strong population growth for the rest of the century. How should we interpret that finding and how will strong population growth affect life and politics on the continent? Oh, that's such a great suggestion, Kim. In fact, I have a few ideas that spring to mind. And this subject really came up last week in our news news wrap when we were talking about the agreement of the Intra-Africa Trade Agreement and the way in which these population growth will continue to create really strong and and hopefully vibrant markets um, on the continent. So I have two more wish list items. And one is that for us to do more mashup episodes. I thought the one that we did this year with On Africa, Into Africa, and African Tech Roundup was so fun and so interesting. And we look forward to reaching out to other podcasters and also other radio shows to join forces. And then I have a second idea that I want to put out there to any colleagues and friends who are listening and who are continue to do research back and forth on the continent or based on the continent. And that is to have a series of kind of guest interviews. So for those who are in contact with, with great scholars and researchers um, that you want to feature. We'd love to hear from you in terms of, you know, hosting an episode and putting together um, something that we could share and promote with our listeners on Ufahamu Africa. I agree. What about you listeners? What do you want to hear in the next season of Ufahamu Africa? Let us know. You can email us at ufahamuafrica at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at ufahamuafrica. Africa.